What's up, Christchurch and all other listeners? Welcome to God and Government. I'm Pastor Stewart, and this is... Pastor Brandon Neely. How's we're it going? Christchurch of Acadiana, and uh, today we're talking about God and government, jumping into some uh, interesting things. I hope you enjoyed our, our startup tunes there, our little, yeah. little openers. <laughs> no, we, we got, do not we, own the copyright to that. We've got um, <laughs> more in store for you. That's right. We're about to take it to the next level. Oh, if it works. We're gonna if hope it works. It, we're going to hope it works. It'll work. <laughs> I, have, I have positive things. You know, block out that negativity, <laughs> Pastor Stewart. Oh. I declare. Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> uh, don't get me started, right? <laughs> mm, yeah, today, God and government, we're talking about biblical localism. That sounds like a big, fancy word. But what does that even mean? Oh, we're going to lay out the foundations, the theological foundations for much of what we believe. Okay. All right. So All right. I'm looking forward to it. But I have a special video dedicated. Who should we dedicate this to? Um, I see Eric Smith is watching. We can dedicate it straight to Eric. Eric Smith. You're... How about one of our most faithful <laughs> listeners, Aaron Vaughn? We, we know... <laughs> We know that Brother Aaron <laughs> is a, a big fan of uh, Hollywood celebrities. Ooh. Ooh. John Lennon. Here you go, Aaron. This one's for you. This one's, this for, one's for you, you right you, here. Baby. If it works, if it works. Imagine no mm, listen to that. Oh, we got it. If you try. Oh, I like that. No hell below us. Who is Mother's only sky? So much Imagine comfort. The people that guy has some pipes, though, actually. Yeah, some of them can sing, for sure. Talented folks. Some of them cannot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's enough of that. That's, uh, that's painful. That is painful. It isn't hard to do. Wow, enough of that. All right, well, I hope you appreciated our, uh, our gift there to you. <laughs> Aaron, I hope you're watching today. Uh, Man, that was pretty painful. I, I'm I'm stinging a little bit. Imagine no possessions. Ooh. Let's do that for a moment. <laughs> Just really imagine no possessions. I'm trying to figure out how that now, works. Now, isn't it funny that these Hollywood celebrities are s like singing this to us from their jacuzzi in their backyard? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> now, how about you imagine right. there's no possessions? <laughs> That's right. That's right. You're sitting in your mansion here for a second. Oh, Hold on. Man. Aaron uh, says, why are we torturing him like this? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we got more for you, Aaron. You know, <laughs> we're just getting started here. Yeah, imagine though. I mean, really, just sit back and imagine. No nations, they say. I, I got the lyrics right here in front of me. Imagine there is no countries. Hmm. No borders. No property boundaries. No politicians. Oh no, 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 no. We still that, have that. That. Let me check that. <laughs> No, that's not in the song. <laughs> okay, no. Okay. There is one interesting boundary, though. There's one real stark line of demarcation in the song. Hmm. Um, he says, imagine there's no heaven and no hell below. Hmm. Above us, only sky. So, up high, above the sky, there is a very stark boundary marker. And guess who's on the other side of it as far as possible? Hmm. God. Like, that's the only 
boundary marker, the only, um, you know, other in this song. Hmm. We, we have here ancient oneism, as Peter Jones calls it. It's uh, very common in pantheistic religions and in the New Age that all is one, that we are all part of one, hmm. that diversity, that the holy other, as Scripture speaks about the realm of heaven and the heavenlies and God, are all just you know, basically holding us back from beautiful societal evolution. Hmm. If we could all just come together, what's he said? John Lennon says in his other song, come together over me, hmm. you know, convenient there. Hmm. The, the, the other lines in the song, a brotherhood of man. Now, why, how, how could anyone be against such a beautiful dream? Well, it sounds perfect. We're all brothers we're all equals. The world is flat. It sounds great. Does it? Sounds like heaven on earth, really. Mm-hmm. Utopia. Mm-hmm. I mean, certainly these Hollywood celebrities have bought into it. Mm-hmm. They believe it. They preach it. They are the priests and priestesses of this oneism, mm-hmm. of this one world religion, basically. Um, but the scriptures talk about this from the very earliest pages of scripture mm-hmm. we have john lennon's dream it's called the tower of babel Ooh, okay well, all right i'm listening i'm you know, listening come, they what do they say come let us build a tower to the heavens you know we all have a picture in our mind of pyramids and ziggurats, as they call them in South America. Mm-hmm. It was probably something like that, a stairway to heaven. You know, a place where, where heaven and earth would meet. That, that uh, integrating point. Mm-hmm. And of course, it was built by man. Mm. Collective man, we should say. Let us come together. Let us centralize our power, our influence, our resources, so that we can accomplish this great work and achievement of man. Hmm. It is John Lennon's dream. Hmm. Heaven on earth, he would, he, he would like to, to believe, and these Hollywood elites. But what God says, and God speaks over it is, this is not um, utopia. This is not heaven. This is confusion. This is Babel. And he judges it harshly, and he scatters them. He decentralizes them mm-hmm. and enforces them by his judgment. Now, in, in every judgment, there is a mixture of grace. And in his scattering of them and decentralization of this one-world collective man power... He does make the way for there to be multiple nations and multiple countries, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which, biblically speaking, is a grace from God. It takes seriously the fall of man and the dangers of collective man uniting as one to bring about societal evolution, to bring about heaven on earth. Simply put, John Lennon's dream is not heaven on earth. It's hell on earth. Hmm. And it's always been hell on earth for any nation or people that have tried it. Hmm. Like historically, who? Who could we talk about who's done this Well, before? we think of the, the, the low-hanging fruit is, of course, um, socialism today or communist movements. Mm-hmm. 
But uh, but really, if you go back to the biblical times, you think of someone like Nebuchadnezzar, right? King Nebuchadnezzar, who believed, who stood on the wall. Remember, mm-hmm. you know, behold this great work of my hands. Mm-hmm. Um, he thought of himself as a magnificent tree. This is in one of his visions, and that its branches stretch to the ends of the earth. This global superpower. This completely centralized power and government mm-hmm. in the hands of one supreme man, Nebuchadnezzar. Mm-hmm. And, of course, with his, um, you know, r- reaching bureaucracies. Mm-hmm. Of course, we know what God did to Nebuchadnezzar. Right. Well, and if you look back historically, too, all the great world empires have all fallen. The Romans, the... the Romans are a great, another great example. Right. You could talk about the European empire that was built through Britain that is slowly crumbling over time, pretty much crumbled to nothing now. The Western empires, they've all... In fact, the longest kingdom in the world, I think, is Japan, isn't it? Isn't that the longest reigning Well, this kingdom? is a part of, of, you know, historically, Japan, and when they invaded Pearl Harbor, they were seeking a, a, a conquest a large-scale conquest to bring things under the rule and the power of Hirohito, mm. uh, who they believe to be God incarnate. Mm. So this has always been in the um, DNA of man, we should say, mm. in the, the worldview and in the thinking of man. You mm-hmm. see it under, under men like Alexander the Great, mm-hmm. and you see it like Nebuchadnezzar. You see it with Rome. And it's never worked, no. never not once. Well, bec- when we're going to get to the reason why... But, but here's the ultimate alternate, the authentic, of which all of these collective man um, attempts are um, counterfeits. Mm-hmm. Remember what Jesus Christ said of the kingdom. He said, the kingdom is like a mustard tree, that it begins small, but then what? It stretches out its branches over the whole world. You see, he's echoing back to Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Hmm. Hmm. He's saying, no, no, no. There is only one um, government which can be called the government, Mm -hmm. and it is the government of heaven upon which Christ is king. Um, We think of Psalm 2. What is Psalm 2? Psalm 2 is a um, a poetic description of what we're talking about here. It says in the very beginning, I have it right here before me, verse 2, the kings of the earth. No, a multinational um, empire, so to speak. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. kings of the earth rise up, and the rulers band together. This is uh, Psalm chapter two, verse two in the NIV. They band together, and what is the purpose of their collective um, power? Their centralization against the Lord and against His anointed. Hmm. Just like at the Tower of Babel, Hmm. just like under King Nebuchadnezzar, Alexander the Great, under Rome, God says this, Psalm 2, verse 6, But as for me, I have installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. So, there is a huge theme throughout all of Scripture that begins with the Tower of Babel, Mm -hmm that extends its way into the Gospels mm-hmm. and all the way into the book of Revelation when you see Babylon, that city, which is judged by God. It's a big theme in Scripture, mm-hmm. and it is the theme of, of two 
towers. Ooh. Zion. Yeah, you're like, speaking my well, language now. Well, totally. <laughs> Zion and Babel. Okay. The kingdom of God with his king mm-hmm. and his people versus the kingdom of man's collectivized, centralized power. Mm. It has always been a theme in scripture. The well, it goes back to Genesis, the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. And the perpetual warring between the two. I put enmity between you and your offspring and them and their Amen. offspring. And, and the way man wars against God, as we see it in Scripture, is time and time again through collectivism, through centralization hmm. of power. They come together. They, even Satan himself, the most powerful being outside of God, I suppose, spiritually speaking, um, he gathered with him the armies of heaven. He gathered with him angels. Everyone knows they can't stand toe-to-toe with God. Mm -hmm. But there is a delusion in the heart of fallen man that if we can come together, we can create a world where above us there's only sky. We don't need him. No God. Mm. This, what is called historically and politically centralization, is idolatrous. Mm. It is fundamentally antichrist. Because... It's not so much the coming together piece that is the issue. Am I, am I understanding you right? It is the we it, come together so that we don't need It's a godless God. counterfeit to what the church has in unity and diversity mm. and in covenantal community. Mm. It is a counterfeit to the church. It is a counterfeit to the kingdom of God. So It's a godless revolution against the order of the universe. They're coming together for something other than... Just as was pictured in the Tower of Babel, to make a name for ourselves. Mm. A name which exalts itself over and above the name of God Mm -hmm. and the name of Jesus Christ, his anointed one. Mm. So this is big ticket theological issues. Mm. And we love to talk about this sort of stuff. Sure. Most, po- most folks, they start to hear this sort of stuff. They're like, blah, blah, you know, we don't need to hear all of this. But the problem is, as we're going to later see, when we start talking about our government and its approach to dealing with natural disaster and with virus and plagues and, and its approach to life, if you don't understand fundamentally this, the danger of centralization mm-hmm. of, of a godless uh, mankind, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to follow us when we make our various applications. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're, you're going to demand, well, what verse says that or what verse this says that? Or is that even a sin? If it's not a sin, then why are you even talking about it? Let's not divide over these little things. You have to have this, this uh, healthy and robust theology mm-hmm. to be able to live well and to live wisely in light of what is an overweening uh, statist constantly stretching out you know, like the mustard tree mm-hmm. of our centralized government. Mm-hmm. So, got to have this stuff in your heart. Now, all right, we got some folks listening in. How our audio levels good? Before I go on to the next topic here, everything looks good here, guys. Can y'all hear us well? Everybody feels like we got good sound going in. Looks like people are responding positively. Do we, do we need? Do we need any more videos? Do we? Do we need? Because uh, <laughs> you know, when I was a kid, I remember Michael Jackson and. 
<laughs> yes. Remember that? They all came together oh, and I held hands. Remember that? You can't hold hands that. today. Who was it? It was like Ozzy oh, Osbourne that was standing there scowling the whole time he was singing. <laughs> no, I can't remember. You're, you're thinking of when I think it was Willie Nelson. <laughs> we are the children. And we are the <laughs> Willie it. Nelson looked like. Was it Willie Nelson? <laughs> Thank you. No, no, no. It was Bob Dylan. That was it. Mm. I got it. It was they're singing "We Are the Children," and you can look on the face of Bob Dylan, who I believe by that time had become a Christian or right. was at least considering Christianity. You can look on his face, and he's not buying it. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. So we are the children. We are the ones to make a brighter day. Right. So let's start giving. It's wow. Just it captures the hearts of young people. Right. It captures the hearts of people that are easily influenced. Oh, people want a mission. They want a, a mm. vision for hope for our world. Mm. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, by and large, the church has not offered God's kingdom as the true. Right. Um, not the alternative, but the original, the authentic mm-hmm. you know, kingdom over the world. What the church has offered generally is... Bide your time, bite your fingernails, eat, drink, and be merry. For tomorrow we're raptured. For tomorrow we're raptured. (laughs) You know, sayonara, Hmm. Titanic. Hmm. And that is just not a compelling mission for people. That is not a compelling vision. Right. That's an escapism. But we're talking about... really, I would say, a Gnosticism. Mm Mm-hmm. But we're talking about building the kingdom, like saying, no, we have a mission and a purpose, and it is to expand the borders, take dominion, build the kingdom of God. Now we got something. And 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 that's what I think our hearts are crying out for. Jesus said it. It's coming. Mm. It's growing. Mm -hmm. What can stop the uh, the kingdom of heaven? Not even the gates of hell can stop it. Those are the defensive measures of hell. Right. And the kingdom of heaven will advance. Mm -hmm. What... Wonder Woman and Billy Eilish and all of these celebrities, Billy Eilish and all of these celebrities are vision casting. Hmm. Right? What they are prophesying, the gospel that they are presenting is a counterfeit version of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hmm. Mm-hmm. The church has got to recapture that vision, that hope of the kingdom of heaven. If we're going to provide um, something that is um, that resonates, especially with young people, right? Mm. So, so what is it? What's the alternate to collectivism, centralized power, the the spirit of Babel? What's the alternate? It's what we're calling biblical localism. Okay. Biblical localism. Okay. So localism versus centralization. Um. Think about it this way. First of all, we did this in our in two uh, two sessions ago with God and government. We talked about the various spheres of government, three biggest ones: family, church, and s- civil. Mm-hmm. And of course, underneath all of them is self government in the individual heart. Right. Self government, which is a fruit of the spirit, born by the regeneration of the spirit. And then over top all of them, the singular government is the kingdom of heaven. That remember in that Christmas. Prophecy: For unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given, and upon his shoulders will be the government of the world, and it will have no end. It's the mustard tree, right? 
So, in the scriptures, you have, first and foremost, you have jurisdictions. You have governments. You can also say uh, organizations, hmm. clubs, town councils, HOAs, for better or for worse. They govern people, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. Not allowed to have chickens in your backyard, right? Things Grass like must that. be below three inches at Grass, all times. Yeah, can't paint your house whatever color you want. That's fine. You covenanted to submit yourself to that government. Um, but then you also have schools. You know, there's various governments, all of which are to be guided by the government, Jesus mm. Christ, through his gospel and his law. Right? So that's one thing. We already talked about that. But if, if we go back to when God formed a nation, when he formed a society in the wilderness with Israel, what did he do? Did he say, Moses, you are the singular source of power? You were the God King. You were the incarnation of the, the sun god, Ra. No. That's what Pharaoh was. That's what Egypt was. Mm-hmm. In fact, God sent basically a father-in-law prophet named Jethro to instruct Moses. No, 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 Moses. Decentralize. You cannot. You, you, first of all, you're a fallen man, but you're a limited man. You don't have um, absolute power. You don't have the strength or the grace to pull off the, the leading and the governing and the building up of this nation by yourself. Decentralize. And what did he do? He said, establish captains of thousands, one hundreds, fifties. You have here in the formation of a godly society right out of the gate the concept of localism. Hmm. Okay. So, and even down to like the households who are represented by the heads of the household. Absolutely. They would gather by tribe, and then they would gather by home, household, family, all the way down. All the way down. So now if you had a problem with your neighbor, the person who would be addressing that problem, hoping to give you justice, would be someone that knows both of you, hmm. knows the situation. Right. Someone that you know as well. So many more checks and balances so much more limitation of, of centralized power. Now, of course, this means you have to trust God for the outcome. You can't turn to some higher, some other power um, for greater efficiency or for justice or for whatever. Mm-hmm. You have to, in the end, trust that God is moving in the hearts of people. But th- this, is, this is how governments of all kind, civil, family, church, are to be orchestrated and organized biblically. If we, if we take the historical narrative even further, the formation of Israel in the Promised Land, they're broken down by tribes. Mm-hmm. We have uh, in Joshua chapter 22, let me check my notes, Joshua chapter 22, we see how the tribes work together to balance out each other's power. It's a beautiful story in Joshua chapter 22 of three tribes getting a little ahead of themselves, it seemed. The other tribes coming to check them. And then they work together as united tribes, so to speak. Small U in front of the united. Mm -hmm. United tribes, small U, big T. United tribes coming together to regulate one another, to balance each other out. All of which are governments under the government. Which was God. Mm-hmm. 
So you see, once again, biblical localism as an alternative to the spirit of Babel, to centralized collective man usurping the authority of God. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, We can go on even further. Within those tribes, there were towns. Now, in, in the Old Testament, the word town is literally gate. And it's sort of a description of how this little local area was governed. Governed. You remember, it's at the gates that the elders of the city ruled, made judgments, right. governed right. civilly. Proverbs 31, virtuous woman, what does she do? She makes her husband look good in the gates. <laughs> She's got a great husband yeah. who has proven himself a good manager of the household as well. And therefore, he is recognized as a wise man, as someone who can then also offer leadership and, and guidance to the town. Hmm. I mean, just now imagine that. You have a problem. Your neighbor has a problem. I have a problem. We need to experience justice. We need a wise decision. We can go to someone that we've all recognized is wise. Right. Who has other wise men right alongside of him. Who know us. Who know us. Know, know, probably already know what's going on. Know the situation. Right. That's right. And, and they can decide according to the law of God, of course, which is over us. And according to prudence and wisdom. Compare and contrast that with all of our problems being solved by a distant, incredibly powerful, essentially a foreign collective power that, that deals with us as units, you know, as numbers, mm-hmm. essentially. Who doesn't know the situation. Doesn't know us, doesn't, doesn't know the situation, doesn't have our interests at hearts. In fact, your interests and its interests don't overlap. They might actually be opposed to one another. Whereas in a local town, the interests of everyone overlap to some extent. Mm-hmm. And we're just trying to pragmatically explain why God's way is better. Mm-hmm. But, e- but even if we don't understand why God's way is better, we aren't judges of God. Right? Right. right. <laughs> we see his vision cast for civil government, and we trust him first and foremost. Mm. So within the tribes, within the towns, and then under that, the families, the heads of households, and with the mom, even within the government of a family, it's diversified, right? Everyone has their diversified gifts and callings and roles. You got your lane to run in. Yes. It, this is a big concept. The Bible teaches localism. Mm-hmm. The Bible teaches, in fact, such localism that it begins in the heart of the individual, with the Spirit of God. You go over into the New Testament. What does Paul say in Romans chapter 13 about civil obedience? He says, to the rulers, plural. Authorities, plural. When he talks about the leadership of a church, what does he say? Elders. Right. It's always balanced. It's always um, pl- a plurality. It's always Local, local, local. Hmm. This is the vision for how governments and civil government should be best run. Which is partly part of the issue whenever Israel starts to make the demand for a king. Yes. God's like, but that's not what we're, that's not what we're trying to do here. You're saying centralize. I'm saying localize. Well, and, and the key was a king like all the other nations. Hmm. All the other no- nations had what is called in Hebrew molex, which is essentially government gods. You know, they were, they, it was... 
the deification of the state. This has always been a problem. Mm. The beast, which is referring specifically to Caesar, Mm -hmm. to Rome, to Nero, the beast has always been in odds with the offspring of the woman. It's it, poetically or apocalyptically that is that's the war of the ages. Does that mean that civil government is bad? Of course not. Right. We, we know that it's in fact ordained by God. They're called servants of God. Right. We'll, ne- we'll never know. I got off the boat. Don't kill anybody. If you do, your blood will be forfeit for it. That's right. But although that institution is ordained by God. It has been used since the dawning of man to collectivize power, centralize power, and it always leads to hell on earth. Right, because we live in the fall. There's going to be fallen. a perpetual thing. Yeah. We all want to be God. Right, <laughs> right. right. We, we, all, you know, we all want our will, and mm-hmm. our will bumps into other people's will. Mm-hmm. And the power of the sword, that the, the power of the gun, you know, is a way to get our will to be accomplished. So, what about today, though? Right. Stimulus package. Ooh. What comes to mind? Do you feel stimulated? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm going to mail it straight back to him to pay my taxes. That's what I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right, right. Um, the virus is definitely a, a strong, it's a big problem. Right. There, with, as well as a lot of things are a big problem. Sure. But what is our gut reaction? Immediately, what are we looking, who are we looking to, to exercise power and to deliver us? To save us. Well, it's the government. And not just necessarily in the federal, federal level, too. Like, people are calling for state level and city level and all, all different areas for all people of to which say, is hey, coordinated. you guys need to force, like I've seen things in my feed, this, the governor needs to force our landlords to not require us to pay rent for however long. Right. That's not just. No. Your landlord needs to eat, too, just as much as you do, <laughs> you know? Oh. So here's my big concern. Mm. It seems to me... That this crisis, it's a legitimate crisis, is being used to further centralization, Hmm. to further the power of uh, the federal government, of government in general. It's being used as a mechanism to, um, you know, run the football down the the field a little bit further Hmm. as it pertains to this dream. The centralization. Yes. I got you. it's something that's always going to be with us. It's, it's always a threat um, to the freedom of man. Mm-hmm. But this crisis is being capitalized on. What does Saul Alinsky say? Never let a good crisis go to waste. Mm. And we can see this clearly in the pork and the, uh, the contradictions that are placed inside of this stimulus package. Right. You right. can see that there are things in here that have nothing to do with dealing with this pandemic. Right. Raises for Congress, funding that's going to the, what is it, something in New York City, the well, Kennedy Center for the Arts. Initially, the Kennedy Center for the Arts. Uh, initially, they had funding for Planned Parenthood. There's, mm. And I haven't even read all of them. I've just heard snippets here and there. Mm. But, but think about the shutdowns as well. Some things essential, other things not essential. Private industry, especially small private industry, 
is taking a huge hit. Right. Whereas corporations remain um, open for business. Right. In fact, they are now partnering with the centralized planner. Mm. So it's this seems to me to be the trajectory of our nation. It's been uh, for near 100 years now. More centralized power, more um, federal government power, more, you know, exalting the, the will of collective man. This seems to be a problem. Now, I'm not saying that it's a sin for someone to, you know, to get some of their tax money back. I'm saying let's be wise. Let's, let's open up our eyes. Let's see that we're not exempt from what has happened in human history. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a $2 trillion package. It's the an largest, insanely high number. It's the largest in human history, in like the history of the world. A billion is an insanely high number. <laughs> We're talking about now a thousand billions. Like that, right. That's mind-blowing whenever we start. And, and not just one, yes. two of them. Two, two. trillion dollars. And I add think, it What was that? To what, the are we like $20, million, $20 trillion in national debt? Something like that. So we just boosted it by 10% it, with, one pat, with one vote. Right. That's crazy. It, it's, it's essentially a loan being taken out. In the name of the American people, to fix a problem, to deal with a problem, maybe, maybe, kind of, we'll see. I'm I'm very concerned that this is just continuing the trajectory of more and more and more centralization of power. Well, you think about too. Also, whenever companies reach a certain size. They cross the threshold of the too big to fail mark, right. like we're seeing with all of our aviation industry right now. If our if aviation <laughs> shuts down, or if like Boeing or Delta Airlines or one of these major carriers or manufacturer closes, the argument is it would destroy the entire economy and we would be in so much trouble. Right. So the government is holding all these major corporations up to so keep them. So now you have a partnership. You have a partnership between the uh, federal government and. Mm-hmm. Large corporations. Mm-hmm. Another, uh, sh- that's going to be hard for the local, small, private business owner to compete with that. It is a further threat against what we're envisioning here as biblical localism. Mm-hmm. Why not, for example, why not just, and if they're going to try to give um, Americans money, for example, one example, why not allow us to reach into our retirement plans and pull out money? It's our money mm. without receiving a penalty, a fee, you know, taxes. Why not? We have many Americans have thousands, if not millions of dollars in retirement, 401ks, uh, Roth IRAs. Why not say, hey, for a short period of time, I'd like to see it forever. You can actually get your money and you can use it to help you deal with this crisis. No fees, no penalties, no punishments, no taxes. Why not just do that? Or why not, since it is tax season, just lower the amount of tax burden that we have? No, no, no. It has to be a check mailed to you. Very suspicious of how this is going. And this is continuing the continue. This is continuing overweening centralized power. That has been been going on for near a hundred years. Uh, what is one of our fundamental problems against government education? It's not that we are against public education in theory. 
Christians started public, public education, education in theory. Right. It's that it isn't local, that it's becoming increasingly centralized by powers well beyond our local towns. Mm-hmm. That's, that's one of the fundamental problems that we have with government education. Now, how is this um, power being usurped? How is Ahab taking Naboth's vineyard over and over again? It's not only through taxation, right? That's one huge method. But it's also through giving of money, Hmm. grants, entitlements. Entitlements and grants and forgivable loans are one of the mechanisms that are being used to take more prerogatives, to stretch the tentacles of the tree of Nebuchadnezzar even further. Right. Well, think about how much even like, so we live in the city of Opelousas in the state of Louisiana. Our local governments here depend so much on federal dollars coming through them in right. order for us to be able to just operate on the level that we're operating on right now. We, right. We, if we don't have those federal dollars, we're in a lot of trouble. We won't be able to keep up with entitlements. We won't be able to keep up with the funding. We consider how the census is being marketed. It's this is how we determine who gets what money, how spending is allocated. Hmm. It makes me shudder every time I hear it. It's a it's a threat to biblical localism. It is a threat to individual liberty. It is a threat to justice. It really is. It is it is um, what has happened in human history since the dawn of man. And it is a Tower of Babel. Now, even worse, churches are now being offered loans. Mm. Now, I don't know if this is um, the first time this has happened. I've never heard of this happening before. Like government money coming in for a church. churches, Churches, as well as businesses, are being offered loans to float their payroll. It seems like a noble cause. And I know it's Christians that are actually fought for us to be able to get some of this federal money. But you can see how this is in conflict with our worldview hmm. mm-hmm. and with our, our, our lens through which we see what is going on in the world. You can see that this money is going to travel from one sphere, the civil, to another sphere, the church. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be packaged as a loan. What does the Bible say about debt? Right. The borrower is slave to the lender. So we, we have a theology of debt here. We have a theology of spheres. This loan is going from one entity to another. And we have a theology that teaches us the value of localism as opposed to centralization. We have history in our country that says centralization is growing and growing and growing. And it's doing so by means of grants, loans entitlements and taxation these are the various tools that are being used to usurp further and further power naboth is losing his vineyard all over this country to these measures so we as christians should cultivate on some level some suspicion some deep concern about what is taking place here Hmm. But, well, do you want to chat with our folks for a little while before we get into our final se- segment here? Yeah, so Aaron has a, Aaron, uh, Aaron has Aaron, a thought. Does Aaron have a job? <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
was Aaron doing all day? <laughs> nah, just teasing. So he's got a comment here. I, I'm trying to, I can't quite understand exactly what he means. Maybe he can clarify a little bit for us. But he says, he agrees that centralization is a bad trend and it's on steroids. But, he says, but a lot of more conservative places are shutting down abortion clinics. I think he's saying through the centralized government. Is that, I think that's what he's trying to say. Maybe, but I would point out this to Aaron. Uh, John Calvin taught us the doctrine of the lesser magistrate. And what that basically means is that there are civil authorities all the way down until the local level. For example, the tribes of Israel had their, their, or as Moses said, the captains of a thousand, hundreds, fifties. There's still Moses as a general ruler overall, mm-hmm. and who, who um, was um, in submission to God, mm-hmm. sort of a type of Christ. And even the 12 tribes, they had a general government, but they were united tribes, mm-hmm. small u. Right. Now, when we talk about the shutting down of abortion uh, clinics, sure, if we controlled the powerful federal you know, government, if we controlled the guns, sure, we could decree. But this is of the spirit of revolution. This is that, um, this is sort of what I would say the Republican Party is um, in danger of toying with, or is just essentially uh, characterized by. The use of the sword, the use of compulsion, the use of bureaucracy to, to enact God's will on earth, this is not what we're talking about. We're talking bottom-up, regeneration in the hearts, so that at a local level, with, with minimal power, and, and especially the power of the Spirit of God, a local insurgence of people that rises up and says, no abortion in our community, that, that's the ideal. Hmm. That's the ideal. Okay. Um, so I want to be careful and not say, oh, well, what I'm, we're not saying is let's centralize power. You know, let's put Christian in front of it. No, not at all. What I'm saying is if it's Christian, it, it is of the spirit of localism, of humble, local, um, uh, limited, limited, uh, diverse, decentralized government. I mean, it's another way of saying if we all had self-government, we wouldn't need that much government. Mm-hmm. I mean, the reason why Mayberry hired Barney Fife is they didn't really need a, a dude in a <laughs> SWAT jacket and an APC rolling down with, uh, right. with assault rifles right. and, and night vision. They didn't need it. They had self-government. I mean, mm-hmm. it's an imaginary town, but you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, it makes so. sense. Well... Final segment. Ooh. Are we just pointing the finger and blaming, right? Hmm. Is Pastor Brandon and Pastor Stewart just shaking our fist at the man? <laughs> I'm a Gen Xer, so you know, am I just raging against the machine? It might be that might be a little in your blood. It might it be is there. in my blood, sure. <laughs> I'm, you know, I I was born and raised in the South. I'm a, a Southern man. I have a Southern inner man. Hmm. Um, there is that spirit of of revolution instead of reformation. It's in my heart, but but I do believe it is not of heaven. I believe that ultimately the the overweening centralized power of the government is what we want, including the church. 
Hmm. Church runs into a snag right out of the gate. Can we get a loan from Big Brother? Hmm. We're in the wilderness, God. You know, we don't anticipate you raining bread from heaven or supplying water from a rock. Remember in Egypt, we had onions. We had leeks and we had onions. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You see, slavery is enticing. People don't think about that very often. You know, what do you get with slavery? Well, you don't have to make any decisions. You don't have to make any hard decisions. Don't have to be a leader. Don't have to lead on principle. You're not really responsible. Right? Right. You're right. not responsible to, to, uh, to anything. And you don't have to trust necessarily um, in, in a provider because you're fed. Well, you know, you, you get leeks and onions. That, I think, is fundamentally the problem is we have hearts of slavery. Hmm. We think like slaves. Like, that makes a lot of sense because if you go back to the garden, God says, expand the kingdom, take dominion. Work is hard. Right to By the to sweat expand, of your brow. right? Yeah. And, and now that we got the fall to deal with, so thorns and thistles come up among it. It gets increasingly more difficult. Wouldn't it be so much easier if someone else just did it for they us? They just provided it for if, us. If they just took care of all our medical needs, if they just made sure. Like right now, there's even talk of of something along the lines of a a government check that would come out every month for every citizen. And this has been talked about in previous elections, too, where every person who lives in the country is guaranteed a set amount of income by the government every year. I mm. wonder if on the other side of this, this is where we're going to land, that these yeah. checks are just going to miraculously show up from the government every year because work is difficult. It is it, the logical end of depending, hmm. trusting mm-hmm. in the state for holistic health and salvation. Mm. Um, I do believe that just fundamentally we have a mindset of slavery inside of us. Hmm. We want to be fixed. We want to appeal to some earthly power mm-hmm. to use its sword to solve our problems. Hmm. Rather than, and, and contrary to this, is trusting in God who has promised us, who has made covenant with us, Amen. who is infinite and is a provider and a good gift giver and who can rain bread from heaven. Mm. and supply water from a rock. Mm. See, it's fundamentally a lack of faith, a lack of trust in our God. So the only way this ball stops, the only way we stop this snowball from rolling down the hill, picking up steam and growing larger and larger, is if the church repents. Before that, it's if the leaders of the church, the rulers of the church, the elders of the church, the pastors of the church get some principles, get some theology, and begin to say no. No more of your grant money. No more of your certifications, your licenses, your accreditations. What have you to do with us? We have no king but Christ. Mm. Right? God, God is over you. We don't, we don't need your leeks and onions anymore. Mm. And we're not going to be enticed by them. The church has to begin with repenting. We, the church right now loves to bust on government entitlement and welfare and, and even against big government. Meanwhile, they're applying for grants every five seconds. Mm. Money from other people. To fix their local town's problems, mm. to fix their, to educate their children. You know, how many Christians 
you know, stomp their feet against socialism. Bernie Sanders, a big socialist, sure, sure. But they rely on public education to disciple their children, paid for by others. We mm. are inconsistent in our idolatries. Mm. Um, we, we have, we, we want our cake and we want to eat it too. We want, but, but we, ha- that, that proves we're not repentant. I think we, the only way forward is for we as individual Christians, pastors especially, to rise up and say enough is enough. Now, if you say enough is enough and you say no to the money, what does that mean? Well, you're in the wilderness with God. Mm. I mean, and it's a wilderness. Right. To be cut off from, from all of that plenty, all of that bounty. Right. This is kind of scary. But it's a wilderness that's been proven like God has... God has never, it's never come into question whether or not he will provide for what you need. I can't, who was the guy who started the orphanage? Help me out. What's his name? Ah, it's right there on the tip of my tongue. The German. Uh, Mueller. Mueller, there it is. Mueller starts it the orphanage. There. It, was, yeah, it was in there somewhere. Uh, <laughs> the George German. Mueller, that's it. George Mueller starts the orphanage. He says, we will ask for nothing hmm. and God will provide. And he kept opening new facilities and taking in more and more children over and over again. And every time God always provided exactly what he needed in any given minute. It's been proven historically that God will always do this. Right. I think really what we're afraid of is our loss of comfort. I think that's the, that's the fundamental piece that keeps us from taking this step because Right. right now, bro, we're, I mean, we're comfortable. We've got all the tech that we could possibly mm. want. We live in comfortable homes. We drive nice cars. All these things are we there have for social security, social we have a se- safety right. net. We, we have bailouts. Medical have services available for us if we if we mm. run into trouble. Like all these things are here because that makes us feel safe. Feels but good. But Mueller said no. Yeah. I don't need. I am going to rely upon the provision of the Lord and only yes. the provision of the Lord. I, I think that's a great the analogy. piece that we're missing. Great example. Cool. Yeah, um, as a church, we need leaders who say no and who are bold and have faith to lead their people through the wilderness of having no um, centralized, powerful safety net, so to speak. But you do. You just, it's not the government. See, that's the piece. Mm. That's the scary part. You, <laughs> you got a better one yes. than any government centralized entity could ever provide for you. I will be you. your God and that's, you will be my people. That's, I mean, come on. That's like, it. what are we afraid of? That's the, that's the thing that's so interesting to me, that we're scared to take these steps because they're scary, right. but they're not. Right. That's the whole point of what faith is. It, we are averse to sacrifice. Paul tells us we're to live our lives as a daily sacrifice, and we know that um, to stop this flow, you know, to say no is going to be a sacrifice, mm. especially on us in this generation, mm. right? We know it's going to be a sacrifice, and we're willing um, to remain dependent in our hearts and looking to Caesar in our hearts as long as we don't have to sacrifice, as long as we don't have to feel uncomfortable or unsafe. But in order for us to return at local levels, we must begin with a heart of sacrifice and repentance towards Christ. Mm. I would say practically, one of the things that we can do on a local level is tithe. Mm. 
Now, hear me out on this. Tithing was established by God as a means of welfare. One of the purposes of tithing was the welfare of the community. Right. It is designed by God as a means of social security. Mm. You have to, to look out to the social sphere. The church has always been a part of that. The household has always been a part of that. And so when churches stop tithing, what happens? To deal with the social problems, taxation comes. I will submit to you that taxation and tithing are on a pension, are on some sort of a, I don't know, what would that be? A, a mm. bar chart. There is a interrelated, there is a relationship between tithing and taxation. Which came first? Did we stop tithing and then taxation took the place? Or did taxation come and crowd out our tithing? I don't know which came first. I have a guess. But the only <laughs> way forward yeah. is to say, no, no, no. We're going to take care of our own. Dads are going to become dads. We're going to provide. We're going to work. We're going to provide for our families. We're not going to receive your entitlements. We don't need your you know, your, your helping hands. Hmm. You know, cruel is the mercy of the wicked, says Proverbs. And we don't want you in our house. And then in churches, we're going to say, we're going to depend on God's ordained means of provision. That is the tithe. We're going to, that's what we're going to do. We're not going to receive um, monies from outside. We're not going to depend on other spheres of sovereignty and civil powers we are going to take care of our own in faith and in trust to Jesus Christ, our covenantal Lord. Mm. I think time, if you shake your fist at big government, you're like, you know, you're on Fox News all day long, which, you know, uh, you know, you're, you, you hate big government. Yeah. But you don't tithe. You're of no help to us. Mm. You're, you're, you're rejecting centralization, but not accepting biblical local. You, Localization. Is, you like the situation mm. that you've got. You're comfortable. You don't have to care about anyone else, right? Mm. And you can still shake your fist at them. No, no, no. You put your, put your money where your mouth is and begin to tithe. You've got to have a covenantal community as well. There's got to be a group of people that are agreeing in covenant to, to come alongside of one another and do this. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Hence the church and covenant membership. Covenant membership. Right. That's right. Right. Blood is thick down here in Acadiana. Family bonds are strong. But the spirit is thicker than blood. Mm. Our bonds with the church should be thick, should be strong. Mm. Even if we're not able to, to gather because of threat of virus or whatever, mm -hmm. there should still be a missing place in our heart. Hmm. I mean, if, if I go work out of town for a month, I haven't done this, but theoretically, I'm still married. I may act like it or not, but I'm married. Hmm. I'm in covenant. That covenant is, that covenant is over me. Hmm. It, it is something that should be guiding my life. So even as a church, even if we're not gathering, right, we're still in covenant. That covenant is, that covenant is still strong, should be guiding us. And we should be saying in covenant, we will take care of our own through God's provision. Hmm. We will work. We will tithe. We will trust in the Lord. Hmm. Hmm. What else can we do? You got to vote. I mean, voting is a gift from God. You know, got to vote. Got to say no to the money. Got to raise up Christian local leaders. Mm -hmm. Oh, I... 
That's, that's my vision for Christ Church over the next few generations, that we could raise up local magistrates that have this worldview mm-hmm. in our civil government. Right, right. This, is, this would be amazing. Right. It's going to take a few generations. Yeah, this no joke. I got we got some questions real quick. Yeah, if we let's got do time. It. Yeah, no, so, I have plenty of time. So how's j- our audio and everything with the Everything looks great everything to me. Everything looks good. People are here and people are engaging. So handful of questions we got. So somebody says uh, Jasmine Chauvin says um, she was going to ask if we should refuse money from the government, but she's thinking this, you know, she's talking about the stimulus checks mm-hmm. that are coming in right now. Um, but she's like, but I think you already answered it. So good. she's she's kind of coming to the conclusion, maybe I should stay away from this. Well, nah. There's a lot of nuance here. First of all, um, I, do, I do not wish to raise myself, or, and you don't wish to raise yourself up as a judge of just random people. Right. right? We um, are leaders within a church mm-hmm. and with a family. Right. Outside of that, you know, outside of my voice in my, you know, my town is for what it's worth, we have no authority. <laughs> right? <laughs> right. <laughs> and our authority is founded in the Bible. Outside of the Bible, we really have, not, you know, no authority. So I don't, I don't, I don't wish to, um, you know, condemn certain things. Mm. It, but w- what I would say is that I would be incredibly careful about loans in particular, mm-hmm. um, free money in particular. Loans we know from Scripture come with strings attached no matter what Mm -hmm. even if they are quote forgiven consider the language there we know how well the forgivable student loans are going right now yeah it's only like five percent of the people very few are actually actually being forgiven Mm -hmm. yet there is this promise uh, this gospel of student loan jubilee Mm -hmm. that's just always in the air Uh, i would i would say no and i do say no for my family my church for any sort of government loan i'm Mm -hmm. scared about that but on the other hand we live in this nation that has these problems Mm -hmm. it's almost near impossible to separate ourselves from this we can't leave the earth right and aaron vaughn points out that those checks it's not a check they're going to just direct deposit in our accounts think about that for a second the government just so it's just going to appear i didn't know that it just appears what manna from heaven <laughs> like what <laughs> what is this world that we live in see my my father-in-law ran into an issue years ago um where he got his uh income tax return or his tax return whatever those things are called he got his tax return clearly i haven't gotten one in a long time um and he looked at it and he said this is too much i know this is too much hmm. somebody made a mistake i'm not cashing this check and he just took the check and put it to the side because he knew something bad was going to come up. And sure enough, two or three months later, the IRS called and said, hey, you owe us this much money because you weren't supposed to get that much. And right. he said, don't worry about it. It's right here. See, yeah. they, the government right now has the power. The IRS can just say in six months, remember that $4,400 check you got for your stimulus package? Yeah. We're tacking that onto your tax bill now. It's The relationship between the individual and the federal government is fraught with risk and danger there's such a huge discrepancy of power Mm -hmm. and uh, so uh, if i if i was to answer jasmine's question very plainly and very directly say no to grants 
say no to loans. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, some grants come from private people. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. But I would be careful just as a general principle of being entangled with distant, far federal governments. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with local you know, grants, local things like that. Right. A local businessman. It's not that grants are an is a Christian idea. Right. Trusts and grants come out of the Middle Ages through Christian involvement in caring for the poor. Mm-hmm. It's when certain distant centralized powers use that as a means of control, as mm-hmm. a means of uh, stretching their tentacles far into small little towns. Even if it's just changing the mindset. Look, we're here to save you. Look all the things we've done for you. It could be something as Just subtle as sure that. Just make sure you don't have church in the building. <laughs> right. right. Just always something right. like that. Right. Uh, make sure you don't speak out publicly against abortion mm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. There's all, because underneath all of this is this spirit of the, of the age. Mm. Can it? So mm-hmm. if I'm going to be real frank, don't get entangled with big, powerful, centralized government bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, don't don't think like a slave or live like a slave. But if they're going to to limit your taxes and not steal from you, essentially, mm-hmm. there are legitimate taxes as described in the Bible. But we're we're well beyond that. Don't um, if they're if you if you don't have to pay the taxes, don't. Mm. And if they're going to send you back some of your tax money, I don't have a problem with that. Mm. I would cash that check, and you know. Right. It's too bad. Right. Um, so Aaron asked a question. I think this is before we got into it a little bit more, though. He asked the question, um, how, do we, how do we do it? We can't refuse to, play social, to pay Social Security, he says. We can't stop paying property tax or refuse the services that it pays for. How do we, he says, succeed? <laughs> or <laughs> secede, for lack of a better word. Oh, I see. Yeah. yeah. But we talked about, you know, the principles being to repent, to tithe. It, it starts yes. very personally on an individual level. It has to start with regeneration Doesn't... of the hearts by the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. And that... Not with revolution. No. But with reformation, which is a personal... And what is the means that God has established to proclaim the gospel and that the Spirit of God might regenerate the heart? The Bible is clear. It is the foolishness of preaching that God has ordained as a means of, of declaring the gospel. How can they believe upon him and whom they have not heard, and how can they hear unless there be a preacher? So mm. pray that there, one, there might be one who is sent. Great reformations, great revivals start with pulpits. This is why I always say if the pastors would repent of, of this, mm. the pastors would begin once again to proclaim liberty. That's how it would start. Mm. It has to begin with the pulpits. Mm. And, and even before that, and this is, I'm going to be vulnerable with a little bit of my strategy, pastors have got to be free themselves to speak openly and publicly about things that are not acceptable to talk about. Because all forces are aimed at maintaining this status quo. Mm. Mm-hmm. You will be tone policed. You will be, um, uh, you know, uh, shadow banned. Right. You will right. just simply have your people in your church think, well, I, you just, is Facebook really the best means for this? Well, it's not the best, but what else do we have? Our, the, the pulpit has been silenced. The pulpit has been shrunk into the tiniest little platform. Mm-hmm. 
So I think it's the pastors who have got to proclaim boldly. But before that, the pastors have got to get some boldness to begin to preach. Mm. You've you got to pick up some steam with this. You've you got to ha- be free yourself. You have to repent yourself and trust in the Lord to provide you your paycheck, mm-hmm. even when you are speaking in, in, in areas that are unacceptable to your typical society and typical church folk. Mm-hmm. And so that's a little bit of why I um, say certain things that trigger certain responses and I get tone policed because I'm trying to provide a safe place for all the pastors and the members of our church to be able to speak freely. I'm trying to expand that window of acceptable things bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's, it's got to, to answer que- Aaron's question directly, it begins with preaching of the word. Mm. The Spirit of God uses the sword of the word of God to regenerate hearts. And from the bottom up, over a series of generations, we might be able to see Reformation. You get a free population, you'll have a free market. You'll have free institutions, free organizations. You'll have freedom reigning. So mm. Hope that helps, Aaron. Cool. What else we got going today? Anybody else here? Do, have, have we lost everyone with some of that? No, no, no everybody's held on pretty good. Looks like we got about the same number of viewers we had when we started. Nice. Maybe well, a little turnover happened. Good job, guys. <laughs> well, God and government, every Wednesday at 11 a.m. That's right. We're just getting started. That's right. That's right. Thanks so much, guys, for tuning in with us. If you got more questions, you can email them to me, Stuart, S-T-U-A-R-T, at wearechristchurch.com. Um, you can also... Uh, put them in the comments along with these videos and we'll have other resources pop up throughout the rest of the week if you haven't done it already you can subscribe to our text thread at christchurch just text the word christchurch all one word to ninety-seven thousand. stay up to date on things that are going on in our church and uh, that's it thanks so much for joining us have a great day we'll see you all next time see you next time